Secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximize your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm really excited about our topic we're going to be discussing on this episode. I think it's a hot topic, isn't it? It definitely is a hot topic. And I think it's one that um, is just going to keep evolving. And we have to be a bit of ahead of the curve with it and be mindful of what we're doing to make it still work for sure. So tell us what we're doing, Law. Well, um, I think it's a real topic of our times and one that for anyone that has either been on one of our sessions or um, isn't fortunate enough to have any regular learning and development, um, it's probably one that's quite um, useful for us all at the moment and the foreseeable, which is hybrid communication, keeping the lines open. So how do we ensure we maximise teamship? You could have 10 people in your team, you could be the most charismatic leader, but if the nine people in your team refuse to work with each other, um, are obstinate rather than open-minded in terms of working in different ways, then you've got a problem. And actually, this could have been a topic we covered 20, 30 years ago, but the hybrid bit has potentially complicated a little bit. If we're not sitting there, all 10 of us, in the same office, sharing and chatting, exchanging information every day, what does that mean in terms of how we still feel part of the gang, even though we may not sit next to each other or see each other as regularly as, as we might have done? So how much of a hot topic is this at the moment, Debs? Hybrid teams and how well they're communicating. Yeah, I think it is actually whether your team is based in the in the UK, which is where we're based, right, or whether it's a global team that, you know, have, have many areas that they have to look after. I think it's the same. It's where people are maybe coming together to meet. Countries are relevant, right? Whether they're meeting online as in Teams or um, you know, through Zoom, whatever else, the world is coming together in one area. Um, but if we haven't got some of those you know, rules, ground rules in place as to how we're going to do it, um, it's going to really cause some disruption for the team. And depending on where you're based will also have an impact on it. So when you're starting to think about, well, you know, we all had full hybrid, then we had some back to work. So I think, Laura, it would be useful just to sort of remind us as what is hybrid? Because it gets called all sorts of variations at the moment. Yeah. That's certainly what I'm picking up. There's a little yeah. bit of this and there's a bit of that, but what what is it? Yeah, definitely. And without complicating stuff, I think it's an act of empowerment just to define some things simply, because then you know what you're talking about. So you've got virtual working or remote working, which is where we're dialing in on a screen and you could have a whole team that is based remotely, i.e. distributed desks all over the place that could be dialing in at a Costa, it could be at a home office, it could be one person in a, um, a rented co-working space somewhere or a, a board a boardroom, you know, on an office site. But we're all dialing in virtually. So then you have an equality of how we are dialing in on this team catch up because we're all dialing in on an individual screen. Then you've got all in office. So um, for a lot of teams we're work, working with at the moment, like a Tuesday, a Wednesday or a Thursday might be a certain day, a team says, we're going to go into our office space and we're all sitting there physically. It's the hybrid bit, Debs, that I think already creates this slight in-group, out-group. So what happens if four of that team of 10 are always in the office together on a Wednesday 
couple of people dialing in on the team catch up. If you're a couple of people dialing in individually, are you sensing that same experience of unity as the four that are in the room? Does it create already a little bit of a difference in who knows what information? Because four of us might have had a chat before we go into that room and on the way out while we're making ourselves a coffee, whereas the other people that are dialing in have got no idea what's been said before or after. And um, for many people, that's quite unsettling. And if you've got an unsettled team, potentially that is going to create some disunity in the team, and um, which can then impact trust. And if there's uh, one thing that can hinder team performance and the ability to stretch and grow, it's if do we trust each other? And if actually I think there are conversations that happened without me <laughs> before we go into the room, then it can make even the most secure person feel a little bit paranoid and a little bit out of the loop. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we've got to consider that, haven't we, really, when we're sort of having those conversations and how do we keep those communication lines open so that, you know, the trust is there because I think you're right it's it's really hard in a hybrid space to be able to build those meaningful relationships with people and get to know about people beneath the surface as we always say so it's okay having that transactional um, interaction you can do that anywhere right we've always done that be it on the telephone um, you know be it on a screen be it on a mobile whatever so there's that transactional but actually in order to build the trust you need to get beneath the surface, right, and understand people better so that you can have a meaningful conversation. And if you're not going to see it in person, it's still got to feel like that. So yeah, how do we ensure that that is something that we do take into consideration because it's it's making sure we have that tighter. I think it has to be tighter interaction with people now more than anything else. I think, as you said before, you could just have a passing conversation like those four people in the room will just be on a, you know, um, chatting after the meeting or before the meeting. But those people that have dialed into it, they're not going to have the beauty of that. They're just going to go back to their own space And as you said, maybe worry about, did I say the right thing? Did I get my message across? Um, What else is happening as a part of that? So therefore, they don't feel like they truly belong or feel like they can really um, collaborate and impact on the rest of the team because they weren't physically there, which is something I think leaders and uh, um, managers and team leaders and everything have to be mindful of to get over themselves about that and create the environment that people feel safe regardless of where they're dialing in or being present. So some basic ground rules or a way of working has to be sort of really clear for people, I think, at the moment that will, I suppose, help them feel like they are contributing and collaborating in the way that they they can in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, it's when the money's rolling in and if your industry or your profession is on a, um, a, you know, a wave of good fortune at that point in time, then the relationships and the way of that team working is a little bit less exposed. It's when we suddenly have to work a bit harder to get the money in or the business in or the surface level, service levels or those big disruption or innovation that, you know, needs to be done. Then that's where it really then comes out. And it's interesting, Debs, we've mentioned it probably about a hundred episodes back actually. So for anyone that here that has... <laughs> been with us from 
as snuck with us from some of the early days, this might be familiar, but the goose metaphor. Oh, let me tell you about the geese metaphor, Debs, because this is the one that, and I know you've had the same as well, it's such a simple one, but it's the one that at the end of a management workshop, people are saying, that really worked for me, that did. And I've now got a bit of a clear idea as to what we're going to cover. So uh, shall we um, take to the skies and uh, remind everyone of the idea, the lessons from geese we can take? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's go, Law. So one of the interesting things I think about being a human is we don't half complicate some things sometimes because (laughs) (laughs) we've got all of these very complicated emotions of revenge, embarrassment, shame, um, uh, regret, all of these things that cause the wonders of going through your teenage years and becoming an adult and being let down and having the highs and lows in the world of work teaches you, you know, sometimes you think everything's all right, but there's something that might be underneath the surface. So then that creates this more emotion that might be you know, required in a, you know, a team meeting, for example. So um, if we just simplify everything down a little bit and look at the lessons from nature. So geese and how geese fly together is a really great place to start to look at the five key lessons that we can take. So the first thing is all of those geese know where Canada is. So if that's the goal to migrate to Canada, they're really clear on their vision. No solo goose would be able to fly that 3,000 kilometre migration safely. It would perish halfway through, which is why you fly in a flock. So we are stronger and safer together. So question number one from any, anyone listening in um, is, how clear is it my team on the vision? Whether I'm leading that team formally, whether it's an informal set of people, are we clear on where North is? Because if we don't know which way we're going, we all get in a bit of a flap. (laughs) (laughs) The second lesson (laughs) is, uh, are we aerodynamic? So the geese fly in that formation because it is the smoothest way to be able to buff it through those wings in that V formation. And um, the way that they flap is that every goose flapping next to them creates an uplift. So we're not slowing each other down, we're speeding each other up. So from a flapping point of view, how aerodynamic is the team? And this is where the researchers did some really fascinating research about how do those big formations of uh, murmurations, I think they call it, don't they, Debs, where it's all of the starlings. I know you're really into murmurations. How do they do it? And how they do it is each bird bird marks the seven closest to them. So you have these little networks that could start with seven and then another one joins in and then it all just shifts so that you can scale and grow at phenomenal pace, welcoming new starters to your flock because everyone is keeping an eye out for the seven next to them. And that is the way that without opposable thumbs (laughs) or emails, they're able to keep on track with each other and kind of move around. So from a hybrid communication point of view, is everyone aware of the news and what's happening and how that's going? In fact, I was speaking to someone only early on who was really miffed. They were the last person to find out that their team member had just handed in their resignation. No way. Oh, wow. So, so that really the, made them feel valued and part of it, right? Yeah. So the gossip had gone round. They then find out at a team social. I mean, that's, you know, and it's it's not a good look because it just shows that their team is not actually sort of united in terms of how we share information. So that kind of second lesson is how are we sharing and updating each other? And um, if we're no longer face-to-face, how do we sure that it's kind of that, that sense of continuity? The third lesson is if one goose gets into a bit of trouble, then the two next to them slow down a little bit and just beat their wings a little bit faster to give them a bit of a break. So are we sharing our workload? Is it fairly distributed? 
is there one or two people who are really burdened and another couple who are just willfully blind and thinking everything's all right? Because you've all got a problem. If your top two people resign on the same day, then it is a team problem. So how do we all avoid that happening and just watch out for each other? And then um, one of the last lessons then is um, we share. So we, we rotate around. So the geese, all the ones that are at the top and at the sides that are 40% more wind drag, every now and then we'll then swap around. So get a bit of a break. So even just ways of working and how we run our team meetings, swapping, who leads the meeting, who kind of brings in some of the updates can just freshen things up a little bit. So it's a it's an old one, but it's a real visual one because it doesn't matter the characters you've got in your team. doesn't matter how diverse or not diverse your team is. If it's, it's about the physical use of that collective energy. Are we collaborating with each other or are we accidentally competing with each other and just getting in each other's way? That is just amazing. And you're right. I think I have heard that, obviously, as you know, and as you said, we've spoken about it before. We use it a lot. But I think it just to have that reminder from you today, Law, about what that is certainly reflected a team meeting I was doing as well around that and that siloed mentality um, and just that thought of, you know, that goose cannot get there on its own and I think if if we only just remember that that's the bit that says so therefore I can't do this on my own how do I bring the team with me and and I think that's probably one of the things to consider for any team leader you know manager whatever is to probably reassess and just have a moment to think about what is your current communication strategy you know what are we doing how do we communicate on a daily basis as you said you know those geese are going oink, oink, whatever they do that's pigs what do they do they honk, honk. don't they honk. <laughs> honk if you want to go faster um, less, less oinking more honking Deb that's exactly another, another team tattoo for you there <laughs> I love that <laughs> but, but I think that just goes to show right we need to think about how do we communicate on a daily basis with everybody you know, do we connect with everybody? How are we going to do that? You know, what are the rules in inverted commas for those informal meetings or those more formal meetings? Um, you know, how do we make sure that relevant information is cascaded and communicated to everybody? So if that is, if that's not in place, then we're going to go not just north, we're all going to go south and west and east, depending on how we feel when we get up in the morning, right? If there's no I suppose no collaboration, no connectedness, if that's even a word. But yeah, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah. And and just even um, just those little kind of networks and, and that, that, that rather than competitive and competing as a team, everyone trying to sort of shuffle in to be the one that's most in favour, that, that collaborating um, uh, bit. Because if, if all of those geese are just pecking each other, then you're going to, you're going to, fail faster and then not have the energy to be able to kind of fly up again so it's it's yeah it's, it's a it's a really great one i suppose also law that brings in that uh, you know the unconscious bias isn't it to making sure that you're you know you're not favoring those that you are talking to all of the time um and that you are recognizing the fact that maybe i am only talking to the same five people in my team I'm not actually spreading my wings and talking to, you know, the other maybe 50 in my team. So how do I make sure that I check in with myself and think, oh, yeah, actually, they're the same people I'm having everyday conversations with. When in actual fact, that's not healthy. So how am I going to consciously reach out? Oh, Debs, I think you've hit onto something there because it's out of sight, out of mind. 
And if you are part of a hybrid team, some of us will be in sight. And so therefore, there'll just be that bias, that proximity bias of, well, I see you. So you're the person that I'm always going to share my news with and get a bit of a feel for. And it could mean that you're only got an ear on half of the what's going on with the team. And you might not realise there's another secret WhatsApp group that the other half are on because yes. they're feeling disengaged <laughs> yeah, yeah. and there's not involving in on it. And if, if yeah. there is no sort of discipline or etiquette or just those, the rhythms, isn't it almost? It's just that team kind of sort of rhythm aspect of it. Um, and, you know, typically, how do we top and tail the week? If we're not saying hello to each other, if we're not saying goodbye to each other, then you're missing a trick. The reason we have a team is that you're stronger and safer together. And if no one is checking in on each other at the start and the end of that working week or that shift, then um, what's the reason you have a manager? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think even more so if you're working with a global team where you could be on completely different time zones. So again, how do you consciously check in to make sure that you are reaching out and connecting and that, you know, you are making that person feel like they do belong and can connect and are collaborating in the way that they can. And I know you always and um, talk about how did we set up any conversation, right, in a way, a meeting that enables everybody to feel like they have a part to play. And I know you talk really, really brilliantly about it. And I used your diamond last week to set up the meeting um, and how we were going to do it. But what we did was we used it every single day, every morning. So we were there for a period of time. And every morning we used it as our setup mechanism so that there was clarity, people understood, people came along for the ride, if you like, and there was nobody that was getting left behind on it. So share with us what that is, Law. Well, the diamond technique is just a beautifully simple, crystal clear way of uh, managing your time if you've got a group of people come together for a meeting. So a diamond model meeting. And again, that's one of the ones, it's a simple one, but it's easy to then transfer onto other people, especially if you feel like your meetings are getting in the way of being able to work with each other rather than lifting the way that we work with each other. And if you just imagine a, a diamond or um, when I was doing something with um, a load of maths teachers about 10 years ago, one shouted, it's a rhombus. But anyway, so it, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, most diamond. of the people we work with tend not to be math professors. But um, yeah, get away with calling it the diamond model. So if you imagine the shape of a diamond, you're nice and tight at the uh, at the point at the start. So what's the point of why we're meeting? What's our purpose? Who else uh, has got something they want to add to the agenda? And you just get everyone in right at the start. Um, everyone has to say hello. So it's a quick check-in. That's a welfare check as well. So you can just then clock if there's a couple of people who would normally have their cameras on, for example, who don't. It also means if you, I mean, we run a lot of international stuff now, don't we, Debs, with hybrid. So you sort of say, hello, Spain, hello, Italy, hello, London. And you can just bring people in. So there is that sense of togetherness um, just to create that spark right at the start of the diamond. Then you start to progress through what your agenda is. So that's your wider points, knowing that you need about 10 minutes set aside or whatever the equivalent of that time is. If it's a 15 minute meeting, just a couple of minutes to make sure that you end it nice with a point at the end. So um, anything else? Who's doing what? Next time we see each other and it's just got that nice symmetry to it, beginning, middle and end. But with a hybrid part of it, the natural chemistry will happen in a face to face room. If it's a hybrid meeting, so some are dialing in, some are in a room together, some are, you know, over here and over there, then there's got to be that unity right at the start. And it's the person who is chairing that meeting that in that moment is setting that culture for how we're going to meet. And it's how we meet and how we talk to each other that is your team culture. Because in six months' time, I might be ask, answering an internal engagement survey. Do I feel listened to? 
do I feel like I'm part of something? And those are those little images that will come to mind of how we meet. So meetings really are, are an important part of keeping communication lines open, as well as maybe more of your informal social messaging or your, your messaging, etc. So the diamond model is dead simple, but it's a really great way of empowering anyone and everyone to be able to create great meetings. Mm, I think, and just picking up your point around that creates the culture, right? So, you know, it could easily get diluted with hybrid working. So having that structure, the formality around it starts to build the right culture or the one that you would like it to be and everybody has an input. Yeah. And, you know, Debs, I went on this um, seminar ages ago by a chap. His name was um, Michael something or other. I'll put it in the overview. And he, he ran this thing about brilliant customer service. That was his whole thing about brilliant customer service. And I always remember he, he, he said about how there are three magic words that are, are, are behind every bit of great teamwork. And it really stuck with me. Pace, fun, unity. Are we working at pace? Are we having fun? And are we united? And actually, if you can bring a bit of pace, fun and unity to how you meet, how the messages that we share with each other, then our every little interaction, our journey is reflecting our destination. And if actually we know that we can, um, you know, get the best performance and motivation when we're working at pace with a bit of fun, a bit of unity. So uh, yeah, I'll be bringing those three words out this week because I think there's a couple of teams we're working with at the moment who are just feeling really tired and uh, they're starting to flag a little bit. So having a bit of a laugh together um, and then with some sort of sensible outcomes that uplift everyone can make a world of difference having that time together. But in a hybrid world, that might need to be more planned for than it just accidentally happening over croissants and coffee when everyone's sitting there in the office. You might have to plan for it a little bit more because um, it's got to be created artificially to have that real feeling because we're not there in person. I think, and also that picks up really about the job that we do, right? When we sometimes are leading the way with this is how we're going to run a session with you, but it's just as transferable into your everyday. And I know that's something that we always make sure that whatever we're you know, delivering or giving out to other people, they can just lift it and they can drop it into their own business. So they continue the learning for themselves and sharing the knowledge, right? And that's yeah. what it's about, isn't it? Oh, two right tests. Life is is, oper- is um, operating at such a fast pace at the moment. You can't wait to come on a training course in two years' time when it's your turn to then find out how to do it, which is why we just feel so fired up by our podcast, don't we? Because it's a way of just disseminating out. Google is full of stuff. So all of the stuff that we cover, you'll find it somewhere hidden out in the internet. But, you know, if, if that's not your job, <laughs> just sift through the internet and find training content. Yeah. then um you know hopefully it's adding, yeah, yeah hopefully it's adding value just by getting a bit of a feel for this is what we're picking up on some of the team things and keeping hybrid communication lines open is a really useful not only right now for the team that you might be formally or informally leading or part of but also for the longer term as well because i think it's only going to get more diverse and more varied how when and where we work Yes, definitely. And that is the future, which you've been talking about for a while, isn't it? The future world of work. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to, it's here to stay. It's not going to shift back anytime soon, isn't it? So the, the, the quicker we get on it, the better it is for everybody and um, all honk 
in the right direction. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And of course, (laughs) is the worthy bit here, Debs. We're role modelling to the kids of today how to work. And if we can't get our act together and keep up (laughs) people updated and let them know when their own team members have resigned so they don't have to find out in a really embarrassing situation, then, you know, if we're not doing that, then um, we're never going to have a state pension, Debs. Well, I'm closer to it than you, Law, so I might just creep into that. We've got to do our best to create the next generation of taxpayers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Make just it happen. Uh, so I, I suppose that links in then to my call to action would then be finding different ways to be able to connect well with your hybrid team, um, you know, and being mindful that you are including everybody, not just those that, as you said earlier, in your peripheral site. So ensuring that, you know, you have good structure to meetings, you are reaching out and connecting to people. Um, And it's not just, you know, transactional stuff. It's finding out a bit about them and who they are and what's gone on for them. And, um, you know, and a check-in, as we always say that, what are you thinking, how you're feeling, um, is so, so important um, for, for us to be even more mindful of now. So that would be my call to action. Nice one, Dave. Because the commercial benefit of it is if we understand each other a little bit more, we will take it less personally if there is a slightly odd email that is sent. It will create less disruption because we will know how to take it. A bit like if you've been chatting in a corridor, if someone is a little bit snippy then in the meeting, you don't take it so personally because you you know that that was just an offhand comment that they might have made. But if that's the only interaction you got with that person, you're going to read a lot into it. So my share the secret would be if those three words pace, fun and unity has just got you thinking about what that might mean for your own hybrid communication. If it's all, if it's all feeling a little bit dry or you think there's opportunity to honk each other a little bit, <laughs> then my share the secret would be get a colleague to listen to this so you don't feel like you're the only one that's been a bit crazy and uh, just think about how we can bring a bit of life into our hybrid communication bit because time with the team should be uplifting. We are stronger and safer together and feeling like you are up to speed and up to date is a core part, not only for that sense of belonging, as you were saying, but just feeling esteem needs, you know, and feeling important enough that you've been involved. So, um, Debs, can't wait for our focus next week. The next week's one. I know. Is is that going to be the last... No, we've got a couple more to go for our yeah, series this so, one. No, I think it's a long month, isn't it, for yeah. March? Yeah. So <laughs> this was our second in our five-part focus on maximising teamship. I thought yeah. it was our third one. No, it's not. It's our third. Oh, my <gasps> goodness. goodness. So our mate. third one. So we we've had, been busy, um, Law. <laughs> we had keeping um, conversations above the drama line. Yeah. Minimising politics, maximising pace. This one was about keeping hybrid communication lines open, so the hybrid bit. And then, yep. ooh, next. <gasps> Oh, episode yes. is going to be all about matrix working. Yes. Do we take Very the red exciting. pill or the blue pill? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I want the white one, uh, then what? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. So, Deb, yes. have a wonderful week. I you shall too. be honking you from behind, yes. virtual and in the room. Definitely. And I'll certainly have some pace, fun and unity going. I'm oh, going to keep that this week as my mantra. I love that. Nice. So, thanks, Law. Oh, I love it. Right, have a fab week. You too. Love Love you. you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.